All right, shall we? Shall we? <laughs> may I have yeah. this? May I have this day? May I? <laughs> All right. All right, round two. All right. <laughs> For real this time. For real this time. Welcome, everybody, to Dance to the Music. We have on socks. And um, my special guest tonight, today, is Dion Jamar from Detroit. Thank you for being thank here. You. And thank, thank you. you for taking the time. So... Do I tell the people what we just did or what I just did? No, I don't tell them. Maybe I put it somewhere. They ain't got to know. They ain't got to know. Okay, <laughs> cool. So first question, how you feeling? Good? I actually feel really good. I don't know how I'm not dead, dog, tired, but I feel great. I think it's just I'm on adrenaline right now. I feel great. Heard yeah. you. You like New York and New York likes you. I is love that? New York, specifically Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Love how it. many times have you been here before? One, two. I think it's like my fifth time. Oh, here. okay. Yeah. All right. That's dope. Um, and then I, we spoke about this already, but, and I've asked this question um, other guests before in maybe a different way, but you prepping for a trip is different from, or uh, prepping for a trip when you go play in a different city or a different country, right, entails a little bit more than prepping for a set in your hometown, um, mentally and obviously physically, as far as records are involved. Um, but how do you, is there, let's ask it differently, is there a difference between you prepping for a set at home um, in Detroit versus you play here in New York now? Um, musically, not so much. But um, actually traveling and DJing, uh, this is actually something I should mention. You just said it, records, right? Physical records, uh, checking bags and things like that. They actually made me a little more decisive with, uh, with my packing. Because mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I still bring too many records on purpose. Like you never want to be pigeonholed stylistically. And you don't never want to run out of real, like, you know, run out of uh, real estate when like, okay, say it ends at two or ends at three. But the best part is never end at that time. Mm. They usually end just when clearly when the last people stop dancing. When it's when you see the momentum. Ideally, down, yeah. Right? So you just want to have enough music to fill up all of the different pockets of energy, you know, just go on a roller coaster, you know. But, um, yeah, it, 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 the preparation becomes more about my body and my mind and my spirit. So I got to get some rest, you know, which I don't. I don't sleep. <laughs> Uh, but I, I have to center rest because I want to be my best self when I pull up to these people. Like, mm -hmm. they're bringing me out, you know, they're flying me out, and I just want to honor that, you know, that situation because it is a blessing to... There's so many killers, uh, and I mean great, amazing DJs in Detroit that um, that may never get to do what I'm doing, that are better than me, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just about the opportunity being granted, so I like to honor that opportunity by just making sure that I'm clear, I'm, you know, solid, and I'm ready, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in general, as even if you if you would play um, at home in Detroit, um, what is your – I like – we're talking about people here, right? So I always like to hear people's stories and as far as their emotional state. How do you prepare emotionally for, like, let's say movement festival or any type of – week that you have where you might have three or four gigs lined up how do you emotionally prepare for each individual or just like even the week in general where you say oh i got this the whole week so how do you go about it knowing that obviously 
each night or each event, you want to bring the best out of you and bring the best, give the best to the people, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, because I do primarily play records, um, of course, like 12 inches sound the best, obviously, or, or 7 inch, right? But you get more out of having LPs with, or even 12s with like at least like two cuts on it. This is the secret. This is, this is the thing. You have a record that actually has like two or maybe, if you really got a classic on you, you got two or three different kind of cuts on you now. You know, now you got like a Swiss Army knife bag. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, this could easily turn into a down-tempo set. Or this can turn into, like, we can go. Like, like last night, public records. We were originally supposed to be in the sound room, but it got moved to the bar, right? So, okay, going from a sound room, like a basically a club situation to now a bar situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say preparation-wise, I was thinking of it differently. But what I didn't know... Uh, which I have to keep reinforcing this idea about uh, one of my mentors taught me never judge a party till you get there, right? Mm -hmm. You prepare for everything, but always have this disdain about playing in bars or lounges or basically just spaces where people are sitting and chilling. You know, just plug in an iPad. Why, what do you want me here for? You know what I mean? But this is what I'm failing to realize about, especially New York. It can go down right mm -hmm. now. Like, like, it is a club now. Now it's a club because we dance and they move the tables and it's a dance mm -hmm. floor. Get it, right? Um, but the preparation for the different kind of spaces you're in really are more sonic than musical for me. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm always going to bring a breadth of music, of tempos and styles, but uh, depending on space, I want to bring things that I think are going to, like a 200 capacity room is different than a 1,000 capacity room is different than a you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you, I try to keep that in mind. But ultimately, man, when you get there, like even when you were talking about preparing for multiple dates, right? Mm -hmm. Honestly, one set at a time, one song at a time, because you can really drive yourself into anxiety by, you know, just trying to forecast too many moments at once. Because mm -hmm. that's our whole job. Our whole job is, this is really supposed to, but can I, I can, this is messed up. What are we doing? No, you can curse on here. This is for fucked up shit. <laughs> this is the idea of this is fucked up. You're tasked with being present, right? But also in the future, at the same time, at once. Oh, yeah. And you have to forget the past. Because who cares if the last hour was good? What about this next hour? What about just this next right now? Mm -hmm. You have to stay in the now and prepare for the future constantly, constantly, constantly. Then you got this person, hey, what's up, man? You need a drink? Hey, and you mm. got to stay here and there. So that's why you don't, you don't really want to, I would not advise anyone to like, of course, like for instance, this weekend I had three different kind of spaces, three totally different type of situations, right? But all of the music I'm bringing most of it is pretty much applicable in, in all of the spaces, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm a DJ. So what is the job of a DJ? To make people dance. Or how about this? To make people have a good time. Because we were talking about earlier yeah. how just because somebody is not on the dance floor sweating and getting it in doesn't mean they didn't have a good time. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that that music, that they didn't need it and they didn't benefit from the vibrations, you know? So anyway... Again, with these big event like week like movement weekend or oh, I'm in Tresor or you know, I don't try to try not to like make anything too iconic, 
because like just simplified it's just a party mm-hmm. it's a party it's not I don't care who's there oh man you know Joe Clausel gonna be there like yo it doesn't really it's just a person yo relax um, mm-hmm. all of that added pressure is unnecessary and you still losing track like your job doesn't really change for real whether I'm playing a festival stage or that bar last night my job is the same mm-hmm. so yeah, I try not to be too iconic about anything. But I do get excited, though. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I do know, like, oh, I'm going to New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I, if if I overly, there's a such thing as getting, like, too excited. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my mentors called it a rabbit heart. Your heart beating fast. And you, you mixing out too fast. And everything's moving real fast. And people are like, it's cool, but uh, you need to calm down, you know. <laughs> It's like, I even had my first drink yet. Why are you beating already, you know? Mm. But sometimes, remember we were talking about this earlier too. In Detroit, we play with a certain level of urgency and intensity because we have to. And explain why you have to. It's a lot of reasons why, like, one, because like how you were saying earlier, like, man, life is hard, man. Living is hard in Detroit, right? Most, or at least historically, maybe this new Detroit we're coming into has become more of a tech town. No pun intended, because there's literally an area in Detroit <laughs> called Tech Town. But it's moving more into, like, you know, office and tech kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. historically, Detroit is a manufacturing city. So this is hard-working, mm-hmm. nine-to-five, if not 12-hour shift, like, grinding it out, people. So on the weekend, you know, they're not, like, sitting with their legs crossed with a martini. Like, a lot of people was looking to go and, like, sweat it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where that urgency, I think, comes from historically but today i find a lot of crowds be, because like we're, we've been so spoiled over the last 30 40 50 years we've been so spoiled that it's like uh like a normalcy like excellence is normal mm-hmm. like i was saying earlier like there are people that are excellent that will never get certain opportunities that i get that are mm-hmm. more, more excellent than i am they put more time in than me and uh with that said Sometimes I think we take the the crowds sometimes take for granted what's happening. Right. So you gotta kind of like just kick like kind of kickstart them. Like, oh no, this is what's going on. It's going mm-hmm. down. You know, get excited. Let's get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise they'll just kind of stand around and you know just be normal about it. Mm-hmm. But it's not normal. This is a very special situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least don't get me wrong. Every situation is not going to be the magical moment or whatever we fantasize. But mm-hmm. if you are the programmer, you should be preparing. You know how they say prepare for the worst? I like to say prepare for the best. You're supposed that to be part. preparing for magic. You're not supposed to be preparing for just another night. You mm-hmm. know? But that's just me, you know. Yeah. Um, with the risk of repeating yourself, yeah. what, is, what is your first musical memory that you can yeah. think of? Yeah, my first musical memory is um, like my dad's basement, you know, family gatherings, the backyards, my mama's living room, all my aunties getting together. They would all bring their CDs, you know, and like battle. Like they would battle like. So, <laughs> CD you know, battles? So, you know, the CD players, they got like six to eight. Yeah. Like this. Like, yeah, they would yeah. be like, we about to all put our discs in. <laughs> And whoever get the best vibe, like you want, but like everybody That's wins. That's dope. You get what I mean? But you know what? How do you though? how do you judge a vibe? You don't. You know, <laughs> it's it's really just some friendly battle. Like, there's no winning or losing. Everybody wins, but I'm gonna tell you who really wins. Whoever house it is, because everybody got drunk at the end of the night, left their CDs. 
Yeah, that's why I got a lot of these CDs. I'm sorry, Auntie. Y'all know I got your CDs. <laughs> but yeah, uh, those are my earliest musical memories. You know, my families, you know, the block, you know, like well, block party, birthday parties, you know, the radio, mm-hmm. you know, Detroit DJs on the radio, programming the world essentially. You know, everybody from Mojo all the way up to Raybone, you know, all the way like Fingers. Um, there are so many legends that just changed the way that we hear these songs, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, you've mentioned before that, uh, obviously, your dad is a DJ. You've mentioned that before. Um, and so uh, I can't imagine growing up with a, a parent who's a DJ, right? Yeah. It's like... It's loud. Yeah. It, it, I don't, uh, it's <laughs> that, but also, like, I don't even... Uh, were you conscious of the fact? Like, did you really understand, like, growing up what what that profession is or it's like that's that's normal you know how you that's just my dad like oh i knew he was a hero Mm. my dad was a hero neighborhood hero for real oh dope like djs are are looked at in a certain way and i ain't talking about all this international resident advisor all i'm talking about these people love you because of what you provide for them Mm -hmm. and my dad had a residency at this place called the el capri which is on east grand boulevard in mount elliott he would play there every Saturday because he worked nine to five. Mm-hmm. So Monday to Friday, he would work at four at the plant. Saturday, El Capri. Every every week for at least 15, maybe 20 years, he did that residence. And the preparation for that, I still, like, uh, I, I'm literally emulating what I watched him do. Wow. You know, which is like, Basically, like, wake up in the morning, start playing. I'm talking about day of the gig. Like, mm-hmm. all those days before the gig, I might be kind of like, oh, I'm going to just play a few. I'll practice for an hour or two. But the day of the gig, oh, no, we're going in. Mm-hmm. We're about to, like, practice. Like, practice. We're about to play all these songs. I might play it again. Mm-hmm. And see what the other side. Let's see the instrumental. Like, just throwing it all to the wall. So, watching him do that, man, I knew that it was special. And then, like, I'm not the dresser that my dad was, but, like, or is, but like, yo, just watching how he, I could tell it was special. I knew it wasn't normal because like, it was like a ritual, like a routine, it was a ritual though. Uh, yeah, without fail, Saturday morning, system is on. Mm-hmm. Turn the amps up, wake up, because it's beating. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, man, it was, but growing up, I never wanted to DJ though, because he was so good. I never thought I would be that good. I'm still not that good, but uh, like not as good as him, but um I knew that it was special based on how people treated him. And it wasn't on no, you know, it was real love, like, you know, mm-hmm. real appreciation for what he was providing. So, yeah. yeah. So when was the moment um, or how, what was the moment, the aha moment of you like, no, actually, I do want to be a DJ, like confirming for yourself, like, no, I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Very specific moment was uh, um, this party called Fundamentals. It was Jay Daniel, Kyle Hall. They had a residency. I want to. I'm trying to date this. I want to say 2012, 2013, right around this time. Uh, it was a DIY party. The one I went to was a DIY party. It was at the Griswold Lofts, mm-hmm. which no longer exists. Um, and uh, what was so impressionable about it for me, so impressive about it for me was it was like young people. It was people of all ages, people all creeds also, but it was young people though. Mm-hmm. And they were playing shit like 
Roy Ayers running away. Uh, I remember early in the night, Jay had played me and those dreaming eyes of mine, uh, the Dilla remix though. So I was like, oh, my man, oh, okay. And then to watch <laughs> them, like they built, like they wasn't just like house music all night long. Like, no, they, they like built it up to that point, mm-hmm. got it to that point, got the dance floor like that, then took it to another level. And at that time, I didn't realize that um, Kai Alse was their guest. Oh, okay. And I want to say, I'm sorry, I, I'm just, I hate to assume, but I feel like he's the one who played the running away, Roy Ayers. Just because he's the oldest one. I don't know. It, it's a cut. Any one of them could have played it, whatever. But anyway, I didn't know who any of them were at the time. I was just going to a party. Mm-hmm. But it was so beautiful, and they were playing so much music that, I mean, 98% of them, like those songs I named, were the only songs I could identify that night. Oh, wow. No way. There's one more. They also played Bob Marley, um, Could You Be Loved. Mm. So I'm like, wait a minute. I love when people play that. Sorry, right? I just had to... Because it's a <laughs> cut. As, as popular as it is, it's such a cut. No. Um, I was just taken aback. Like, wait a minute. People still want to hear this shit? Like, what? Like, I didn't know. I thought I only wanted to... So there was confirmation for me because that was one of the only things I was insecure about about being a DJ was like, man, don't nobody want to hear that a bird, dog. Like, nobody's trying to hear Weird Parade. Like, this is just me and my little... And then that's why you got to get outside, man. It's more than just what we're told. Mm-hmm. And that's what the underground is, you know, for people who still want that. And when I found out about Detroit's underground, it was over right there. Like, I sat down on the couch right there, had a bottle of Carlo Rossi. I told you about this. The wine. We're going to buy something tonight. Matter of <laughs> fact, we ain't got to drink it. I just want to okay, buy it. I just want to look at it? Okay, cool. It's cool. $7, and it's like this big. But anyway, I sat down on the couch, and I just had an epiphany, like, yo, I'm doing this. Because... I didn't even know that people out there wanted this. And now that I know they want this, and I know that I love this, mm-hmm. I feel like it's meant to be. So I'm going to do what it takes to get to that point. I knew it would be an uphill climb. I knew it would take years for me to get skill-wise as good as those guys, or just, or not even as good as them, but good enough to translate the feeling to a room like mm-hmm. that. Because it was like a few hundred people there. And they was getting down. It was nothing casual. Everybody was dancing. Oh, that's what's up. He wasn't dancing. He was taking a break. (laughs) And everybody was hot. Mm -hmm. It's like on the, what, third, fourth floor or something. You have to walk up these steps. It was like a skate park across the hall. I'll never forget it. It was like yesterday. I have people I met there that night I'm still friends with. That's dope. So that was just my aha moment. That was my, like, confirmation for sure. Like, and of course, like, there were, remember how we talked about earlier, um, you have to spend years, actually, I ain't going to say have to, but it's better probably that you spend years on a dance floor like you did before you decide to get behind the dance. Mm-hmm. So then you really have a fundamental understanding of what this is. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were other parties like Excursions. I always shout out Excursions. Yeah. Was, excursions was the first time that I got my bell rung and I found myself dancing for hours until the sun came up. But I, I danced for hours at that party too, but... Excursions was another beast because it was Movement Weekend, Mark Duncan Sound. That was the first time I was like, oh, this is the power of this music for real. Then I knew I had to go home and practice. And I was <laughs> like, this is a system system. This is a sound system that, you know, you have to have a certain level of command of to execute. So I'm still trying to get to that level for real. I still don't think I'm on that level of command, but. But I think, oh man, I'm I'm proud of myself. My ten years ago, my nineteen year old, twenty year old me see me now, he'd be proud for sure. 
Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a good thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. And when you when you told yourself, okay, I want to do this, did you did you tell you that, or did you like technically? Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, or were you always around anyway, and you knew already how to mix, or was that something that was like, he's like, nah, I'm teaching you. Oh no, yeah. he definitely. My dad, because you got to think, I didn't have my own equipment. Mm. It's not that he wasn't in support of me. He wasn't in support of me breaking his shit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know how expensive all shit is. You know, amps, cables, needles. Golly, needles. Ne- he used to be like, yo, man, put my needles back when you're done. <laughs> like, put my tone arm, clamp it, like, turn my shit off. Like, you know. So he really didn't really want me touching his stuff. And I just did it anyway. And then he just like, you know, he just caught wind and I wasn't going to stop. And then that's mm-hmm. when he was like, all right, if you're going to do this, lesson number one, you got to learn how to hook and unhook all of this. You know, um, you got to learn how to balance, uh, balance a needle. You got to learn, you know, just the fundamentals of just the setup. Because mm-hmm. if really you, you ever seen, you've probably seen a party just have a slow or a raggedy takeoff just because the setup is not proper. This is why sound check is so important and all of that, you know. But anyway, he wasn't uh, really thrilled about me using his shit, you know what I mean? But, but years, like, down the line, when he starts seeing, like, oh, wow, he, he's actually, like, here's the thing. Parents' natural, like, they're, they're naturally going to just, they're like, yo, well, they want to see their children doing something that they're actually going to be able to eat off of. It's like, yeah, I'm happy for you. You're doing your little thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is cute. But, like, how you going to eat? Yeah. How you, can you retire off of that? So I think what he's seeing from me, like, just being able to, like, actually earn from it, now he's, like, proud. You know? Mm-hmm. that That's what makes him proud. He already know, like, yeah, you have great taste, of course. You're my son. <laughs> but... You're actually able to parlay that into some kind of earning. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. So that's what my dad. That's my dad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's that's cute though. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, speaking of your other mentors that you've mentioned previously, and um, if people watch you play, it's very like I can see the Theo. I can see mm-hmm. the Marcellus. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned other mentors before as well. Yeah, yeah. I gotta mention Raybone Jones. Right. Just because. All of these guys, too, I want to say, it's not like they, I mean, they absolutely, like, especially Theo and Raybone, definitely would be like, oh, yo, you need this cut, or you need that, or you ain't got that, or mm-hmm. you need that. You don't know, but I remember this night I was with Theo, he was selecting for a gig, right? He just pulled out, like, every Pevin Everett record he got, which, imagine that. It's like a stack like this. It's like every Pevin mm-hmm. <laughs> Everett record, right? And I was just like, who is Pevin Everett? And he was just like, he looked at me like, you don't know who Pevin Everett is? And the first record he put on was Stuck. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, who is this? this is crazy. And I remember being, like, mad, too. Like, how is this? This too good to be just underground. This should be on the radio. Yeah. I'm like, this dude sound like Stevie Wonder. Like, and he was like, yeah, and that's him yeah. playing all these instruments. Like, what? So... Anyways, the mentorship that I got from these man, these big brothers of mine also stretched beyond music. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of what I apply to myself spiritually even comes from these guys. And also just on some big brother protection stuff. Like, yo, right. don't never accept an open drink. 
like, yo, don't, uh, like, yo, make sure you show up to sound check. Like, yo, make sure you, you know. Mm-hmm. Other little things that are fundamental to this thing, other than just, this is how you beat match. Like, whatever. Right. You can learn. I had to learn all that on my own. Mm-hmm. But they was giving me the stuff that was going to make me, make it sustainable for me. Because in the end, like, we're still people. And, like, we have to, like, actually make it out of the party alive. Like, you know, like, you know. So, like, honestly, that whole tip about not accepting an open intoxicant from a stranger mm-hmm. is one of the most clutch uh, lessons that I ever got. Because that will end your, not just your career, your life. There's many <laughs> instances, you know, yeah. where... So, yeah, no, those yeah. guys, man, definitely, have, like, took me under their wing. And then Theo, I've just heard him play so many times, right? That, like, I had, And we joke about this, like, I'm programmed. And to a certain degree, like... I've kind of getting stamped with just like <laughs> his energetic presence. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then like he's from Chicago. It's different. Chicago energy is just different. Mm-hmm. Detroit is energetic. Chicago is different. Chicago really I always say this, like there's another DJ named Lee Collins, right? Lee Collins and all them Chicago cats, they play soul and disco and funk records with techno energy. Oh wow. That's mm, they okay, really I, I see what you're record. saying. Yeah. You know when they say beat the box? Yeah. They beat you. It's physical. It's like actually <laughs> violent. So, but what I learned from that, what I gathered from that is that it's not just because, oh, they just trying to, they just trying to give you the feel and they're like, yo, mm-hmm. get it. And I got it. And I was like, okay, I want to do that for people too. Mm-hmm. And uh um, you know, it's still a certain level of command you got to have. You still got to have a certain level of, okay, knowing how to play with the pressure in the room. Like, every moment is not going to be the yay moment, yeah. right? You got to learn how to, you know, boom, sustain, up, up, go down, you know, up, back. Mm-hmm. Nah, 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 I'm just playing. Oh, no, it's not over. Nah, <laughs> is this the last song? Okay. You know, you know you just, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like a tension that you're playing with, so. Mm-hmm. No, those, that's that's what I learned from all those guys. These are, these are masters at energy. It's not just because they know how to beat match or because they just have great taste. They mm-hmm. also have sensitivity, emotional, spiritual sensitivity. They understand yeah. because they've been on them dance floors, mm-hmm. not just because they have taste, because they've been beat before. Mm-hmm. So they know, you know. So, yeah, that's just what I learned from them, for real. Did you meet them? I mean, I'm assuming just hearing the conversation, but did you meet them early on when you started? Because yeah. or and and also how? I mean, not necessarily how, like, mm-hmm. but you know, there is people. You can't just. I mean, you can, but I don't yeah. know how good that will look. Um, roll up on people. It's like, hey, um, I would like to learn from you, or like, hey, can you be yeah. my mentor? That's kind of, you know, that's not. Maybe that works for some people, but I don't think yeah. that's the natural way of going about things. So how did that, how did you connect with them? Yeah, I was just really privileged uh, based off friends, mutual friends. Okay. Uh, always shout out John C., John Cannon, he definitely, or John Cloud, depending on who, you know, <laughs> depending on, you know, how you met him. But um, I always credit him because he introduced me to three chairs. He introduced me to their work. Like, I didn't know who okay, they were at it. all. And he was like, you never heard of he was like, what? Write these names down. Like, literally, I took a paper, piece of paper. I wrote the names down. I looked them up. Before I listened to any of their music, any mixes or anything, the power of these things, this is why I like doing interviews with certain people, because the power of these right here, 
like there's lessons and jewels and just in how we talking, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched Theo interviews. I watched Marcellus. I watched Kenny. And uh, listening to them speak, I knew that these were my big brothers, right? Just in the fact of, you know, they're black men. Mm-hmm. They're from similar environments I'm from. I mean, Marcellus is literally from the same. He's from the east side like me, right? Oh, quick note. Yeah. What is it, like, what's the, obviously east and the west, but what is the difference when you say I'm from the east side of Detroit versus Man, west? listen, I've lived on the east side. I lived on the east side for like 15 years. I lived on the west side for like 14 years. And now I've been on the north end for a couple of years. Okay. To be honest with you, it's not that much of a difference. These are just urban areas in Detroit, inner city. But historically, there was like, you know, east side is like this and west side is like that. That's to be honest with you, that, that I don't was know how true that, maybe that was a difference before me. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, that's just a ghetto over here and a ghetto over there. Like, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, there are still beautiful pockets within these ghettos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were very well kept homes and families of living, you know, but... Basically, I say this is just inner city living. You Got know? it. I was just curious Yo, because yeah, I've no. heard it before, and I'm like, well, I wonder, there is a you know. Pride, you know what okay. I mean? You'd be like, you know, you know, I'm from the east side, right? Because there's a well. Here's the here's a very you, brief Detroit history about east and west side. East side is older than the west side, okay. so east side, a lot of the black families originally started on the east side. You know what I mean? And then like maybe like. When folks got certain jobs or whatever, then like this is how this is why this is where it all begins of like, oh, you on the west side, you bougie. Okay. Because you know what I'm saying? But it's not ex- entirely it is some truth to it though. But at any rate, Marcellus, Kenny, I mean Theo as well, because he's from Chicago and uh he's from an inner city, he's from the south side. Mm-hmm. The south side of Chicago is like the east side or the west side of Detroit, you know. Got it. It's the hood. So I could relate to, but here's the thing. They weren't playing up the fact that, you get what I'm saying? Like they still was yep. articulate. They still was intelligent, but they was also just, you know, brothers. Like mm-hmm. it's like, all right, like that's cuz. That's my cousin. That's my uncle. That's my big bro. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you need to have that relatability. Just like I was saying about Jay and Kyle. What was even more even more profound about that was because they were actually my age. So I'm right, like, wait I was a minute. Say that. I literally can do it because that's literally me. Like that's like, you know, I'm looking like that could be me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, in my own fashion, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know how they say representation and all that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was really the most important thing, even more like and then of course they taste because because we come from these same environments. Um, of course, we're gonna have like same same roots. We got the same roots. Atomic dog is atomic dog <laughs> to all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's the power okay, there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, how obviously since you've been playing now for a while, mm-hmm. um, how has your approach of DJing changed compared to when you started over the years and where you are right now? Mm-hmm. Um, as and and where do you want to take it? My approach. So. When I very first started, actually before I started, I made basically like a hit list. I made a long list of all the venues because I, I, after like, after about a year of exploring, like I said, after that party, like I went to the Griswold. This is another thing I realized too. I went to the Griswold Lost like every week for like two months after that, right? Never another party on that level. 
Good parties. Dope DJs. There was another DJ I saw named Ty Mose who played there, and he destroyed that place one time. He killed it. But um, I came to find out, like, oh, it's not just about the spot. And it ain't even just about who's playing. It's like, who came? Mm-hmm. Who's the weather? What else was happening that night? And just there's so many unknown variables to make a night good, bad, great, special, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when I first started, I made a hit list of just all of the spots that I gathered. I was like, these are all the cool places that I want to play. And uh, after playing all those places, I realized, like, I don't really care. that. Don't get me wrong. It's an honor to play for people period. But I realized the best things are the DIY things. Um, we roll in the sound system in here because this, this is really the roots of it, right? Mm-hmm. Club culture is based off of sound system culture. It's not the other way around. That's why uh, I'm so disappointed in like a lot of venues when I see that, this is something we were talking about in Uber, when I see that they're using the music to sell the drink Strictly. And you can tell on the programming. You can tell by the programming. And you can tell by the care and the sound and the staff and everything. You can Sometimes I can just walk in a place, hang out for a minute and realize, oh, they don't care about, they don't, they don't care about the dance floor. Or they, they don't care about these people for real. They're just trying to sell the drinks. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like, don't get me wrong, I drink, you know. But I, if I want to just go to a bar, I'll just go to a bar. If I go mm-hmm. to one of these things, I'm really there for the music and the drinks is on the side. I don't like it the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, really my approach different. Um, as I started to mature and DJ and start being more confident and more people start knowing about me, then I started to do my own programs. Now I feel confident to activate my own situations and like galleries and lofts and things like that. Cause like you know th- those are just more I don't know they're just realer man I don't know it's just more closer to you're able to um, you know demonstrate your ethic more clearly when you have a blank canvas and then you come and decorate mm-hmm. as opposed to I walk in this place and it's already no offense but it's like already has a Red Bull logo here so it's already letting it be known as soon as you walk in like this is a corporate establishment mm-hmm. and uh, that corporate energy you know what I'm saying yeah. it's not like conducive to like somebody having a moment for real let's just call it what it is you mm-hmm. can still have a cool party you know but we ain't talking about a cool party right we talking about i need this that's what i'm talking about so that's where my approach changed at first i did think it was about just like oh being cool with girls yeah and then over time i started realizing like no people actually need this i need it for sure i need it and people need it at varying degrees some people we're going to see in the corner with the baby powder, doing spam moves, going crazy. Like some of the ciphers or some people who do it for yeah. sport, you know, which is not no shame to that. But there's some people that, like myself, a lot of times I go out, I don't even dance. I'm still having a great time. Yeah. I might just be sitting down. I might not have the energy to dance tonight, but still needed it, though. So I started looking at it more, to quote Theo via uh, Glenn Undergrounds, it's more of like service. You know, it's less. Uh, that's why I don't. I don't love all that camera in the face DJing and DJ watching stuff. I don't love all that because you're trying to spotlight me and my ego and make me. Oh, I'm the man. It's the oh, great set, bro. I don't like all that great set, bro stuff. You know, I like when people. I like when it's like I know I did my job when somebody's like, yo, thank you. I needed that. 
that's when I know I did it, you know, what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. So that that's what changed. I just started taking it a little more serious. So, but but it's funny because now it's coming 360. Because nowadays, I'm like, I can't take it too serious though. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it is just a party. Relax, bro. You know what I mean? So like, check. I gotta both. check myself. Two things could be true. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But um, just to to you know live not in a fantasy, but and you mentioned uh, some of the elements already. But what is your perfect? I was gonna say perfect party, but you kind of you know you like the DIY stuff. Um, but what is your perfect dance floor like? What would you like? You know, when you're like in the zone, and then you open your eyes, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is it." Excuse perfect me. Perfect dance floor is dark. <laughs> well, you can't see shit. Perfect dance floor is dark. It has multiple pockets of sound where you can get it. Um, it smells decent, but it's also gonna have a little funky smell because <laughs> a lot of people did sweat this stuff so it's gonna have a little tang this is my reminder for people to use deodorant when they go out use deodorant and deodorant. apply reapply it apply reapply <laughs> as needed okay thank you that was my just had to add it public service announcement mm-hmm. use deodorant uh you might if you are heavy if you really know that you came to get down you might want to take a page out of uh garrick's book which is he's basically to me a living legend House dancer in Detroit. Bring another shirt. Mm, yeah, that's bring what we do. Bring another shirt. Like movement weekend, I don't care. Just bring an extra shirt. You know it was about to happen to you. Just bring another shirt. And on some health stuff, because like, uh, if it's chilly outside, you don't want to go out there with yeah. that wet shirt. So you need another shirt. But anyway, these are the perfect dance floors when you need okay. another shirt. <laughs> <laughs> when you need another outfit, how about that? When you need that? another outfit. Yeah. When you leave and it was so good that you're tired but you're not sleepy. When you actually, you and you know you're tired, everything hurts, but yeah. you're in the bed like. Yeah. Yeah. You can't sleep. Yeah, happened yeah. a lot And of what time. happens to me is I get so hyped, I have to hit the record store tomorrow because <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh my God, I, need to, I might not find that cut, but I just need something to feel like that. That was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, well, talking about since this podcast is called Dance to the Music, right? And I'm always trying to connect what we call dance music, but there's not many people, well, not many people. Some people just don't dance, right? Mm-hmm. And Or some people would like to and really don't know how to get into it. Mm-hmm. But what do you, when you play this, like you said, there's the dancers in the corner or taking over the floor in certain instances. <laughs> um, but then there's people who, you know, they feel the vibe, but they're not necessarily expressing it that way. In that way, what do you what do you look for? Like, do you do you have a? It's like I play for the dancers, or I don't play for the dancers, or are there certain moments where you do play for the dancers and then you switch it up yeah. and be like, I know this person over there. She's really cool. She's chilling, and I know she's feeling the vibe. But I just want to play for her or for that person right there or for that guy. You know. I ain't gonna lie. That 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 mentality is. I'm, I know for some people, maybe it's just a skill thing. I don't know. For me, that mentality has gotten me into trouble. I really don't like to personalize the selections too much. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, I love, I do love to do this. Like, for instance, me and you, earlier we was talking about this song. Like, yeah, hi, hi. And in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, they don't know. I'm I'm playing that later. (laughs) Like, they don't know. But that would be our moment, you know. Mm -hmm. That would be our special moment. But uh, honestly, man, reading the room, 
it's not as personal as it seems. It's more energetic. Mm-hmm. And just like we were talking about earlier, how some people go out and they have an expectation for like, no, I want to hear techno. Or, I want to hear some deep house, you know. I don't want to hear no disco. Or I want to hear disco. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear that hard stuff. I want to be able to read the room so well that I can make this make sense for you. If you in it, I want to keep you in it, right? Mm-hmm. If you out of it, I'm not even thinking. I don't care about you. I ain't going to lie. I, I'm not like, I got to get, I got to get. Don't get me wrong. I, I do feel like it's a, it's not a personal. It's all the room has an energy of itself. Mm-hmm. It's like me, there's you, and then there's us in this room. All right. Play to that. That's what I like to do. And that usually helps me. Because to be honest with you, I just started getting the confidence like over the last few years to actually even look at the dance floor. I remember there's an OG and there's an OG back home in Detroit who told me one time, my first time playing the Motor City One, I like never looked up. And he literally was just like, because he saw me like I had the dance floor and I wasn't paying attention and I like changed, I like did a dramatic change, right? And he told me after I was done, he's like, hey man, don't be afraid to look us in the face because mm-hmm. you had us. You had us. You didn't have to do nothing miraculous. All you had to do is just keep kind of, you know, and he was right. So it's good to look up, but I don't, I don't be trying to be overly romantic and personal with the selections because, uh, honestly, man, it really ain't about you, for real, for real. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It really ain't. I don't really care who you are. It's like, oh, man, you know Rod Trey. That's good for him, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, trust me, I do care, but at the same time, I'm really, de- like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the to somebody else in the room who might need it. If I'm overly thinking, oh, Marie's here, so you know I gotta play like you know her her cut like yeah nah, man. Honestly, here's another here's another jewel from Theo. When it's really going down, the records pick themselves. When it's really going down, you know when you plan and like sometimes you gotta like look and find the record. Other times you like plan, you in it and you like oh I know it'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I know it go right here. That's when it's, or is it really just you picking that song at that point? It's like, we just all picked this song. Exactly, yeah. You know? So, that's, that's, the, that's the best thing to look for. But, man, some, t- some crowds are tougher, and you just got to kind of mentally make it, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, going, um, I have maybe, like, only two, yeah, two more question-ish. Okay. Um, but one thing that, obviously, you've been playing for a minute, there's things out there that you've gone into production and there's tracks out there that you've produced, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your next, like, what is your next plan? Not just DJing, but like, what are other, some other artistic expressions, if I can say it like that, mm-hmm. that you have on the radar or that you're into or that you're trying to get into, you know, as artists mm-hmm. develop and, and not just, as artists, but as people, we, yeah. we change, yeah. you know, yeah. what are the, what are the, some of the things that you, um, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still young, but I'm not going to be young forever. So I have been thinking about like, like I'm already like a young OG to like younger DJs and stuff. I'm starting to realize that the main issue, at least in Detroit, actually I'm noticing this all over the world. Uh, we need more spaces. So I don't want to be a promoter in that, but I don't, I don't consider it like a program. I want to be in, a part of the programming. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to DJ, right? But 
based on I've been on so many dance floors. I've heard, you know, I'm not an expert in that, but I've heard so many systems. I at least know what feels good, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want to, you know, facilitate more uh, spaces um, and not just clubs, right? Like, like for instance, uh, like YG has the Underground Music Academy right. back home. We need stuff like that uh, where, where folks can, like, learn the production. I have a place to learn how to DJ or, you know, I just have a place to, like this place we're in right now. We need mm -hmm. more of these. Shout out to Snipes and Ladies of Hip Hop. I didn't mention that in the beginning, Real but we are in Queens at the Ladies of Hip Hop Snipes studio. So, Real talk yeah. and, like, you know, as soon as I walked in here, I was like, oh, yeah, people be in here getting out. For sure. Like, it goes down, and we need more of these. It, it, it's, it, everybody doesn't feel comfortable in the club. I mean, let's let's face it, it's dangerous at the club. So we need more spaces like, like Music Land, you know, intentionally. Like, you know, we don't even have a bar. Like, you know, you can bring mm -hmm. your own. And uh, I just I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but, you know, like legendary places like the Paradise Garage or the Loft, mm -hmm. they – officially they didn't sell alcohol and please correct me if i'm wrong but i've read this somewhere obviously mm -hmm. this was before yeah, my time they didn't sell alcohol and you know people still did their thing obviously yeah. you know people did their drugs and drank either way sure. but that's that back to what you just previously said the drinks and the alcohol was not the main goal people right. went for the music hands for the social aspect also and to yeah. dance and just to be there for the energy so yeah it's really interesting how we yeah how we are now about what we're selling at the club versus right. rather what, what we're feeling yeah like this party has been brought to you in part by Hennessy or, you <laughs> know what I mean, or whatever which don't get me wrong i would love to have sponsors shout out what up Hennessy? like sponsor me but <laughs> just know we are, that yeah. it's not really about you mm. you're sponsoring something that anyway we need these kind of spaces, shelters, garages, lofts, uh, music land. You know, uh, I heard, I never been to this spot here, but I heard a spot called Joy. Is it called Joy here or something like that? Have you been? Um, I haven't been, no. Spaces like that. Brooklyn has a lot of space. Brooklyn, man, there's just so much of this culture here. And I really want to, like, I'm very inspired by what I see and feel here. Um, yeah, there really is a community. I mean, we have a community at home, too, but we need to take... I feel like we need to take those of us that are actually in it, mm -hmm. like the dancers, the art, not not just the people, the music, like the dancers, not just the DJs, the sound men, uh, the artists. We all need to take more ownership of the space instead of, don't get me wrong, I play a lot of gigs because at the end of the day, you know, I can't afford to, but that, like we were talking about, these are the goals. The, yeah. I don't want to just be somebody that you can just hire for the rest of my life. And this mm -hmm. is another thing, shout out to Theo again. This is one of the things that with the music gallery where he taught me, like, listen, this is the reason I'm doing the music gallery because I can't do this anywhere else in Detroit. I need my own place to do this because to be honest with you, it's, I'm not, it's not very financially sustainable what I'm talking about. It's really not a money, like, it's not a lot of money to no. be made. So it really got to come from a place, you know, of, of love and care. And I need to create other streams of income, basically, <laughs> so that I can fund these dreams. Because these are not going to make money, but they are going to make a difference. Exactly. Know? So that, to be honest with you, is like, other than, like, of course, like, I, I work, I make music. I'm working on productions and records and stuff like that. But 
That 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 stuff is that that I, this is this is more important than that to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Like that is a part that will help make that happen. But right. we I need something that's bigger than me. Legacy. This is this is what we're talking about. And records are legacy as well. But I want to create things that are not about Dion. You know, like you said, you heard all of those all those spaces I just named had no man's name on it, no woman's name. Music land. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what that is. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Going? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We need we need those. And uh, I want to just help facilitate that. I'm, I'm super inspired just from being around here. Public records. You know, just these amazing sound systems, man. So much care and attention to detail. I want to bring that ethic home. I want to bring that. I want to bring that home. There's only one place in Detroit that I think displays that ethic very well and has for a long time is Motor City Wine. They have a lot of care and attention to detail when it comes to the sound and the energy and the programming. But um, we just need more. We mm-hmm. need more. So. Do you, obviously, I haven't, I haven't been to um, one of your healing sessions, but mm-hmm. that's your own event or like your own Oh, I don't know if I should call it a party. Yeah. Um, are yeah, you interested? It is a party. Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, in? Yeah. Are you um, you know planning on doing another one or bringing it back or or doing something in that nature? I'm definitely working on it. It's just a matter of like time and team. Like I I, I was doing it the way I was doing it. I can't. It's not sustainable for yeah. me to do it like by myself. Uh, I wasn't. I definitely had help. You know. My brothers and my friends, they helped me make it happen, but um, I, I don't have anything, like, planned right now, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm working But it's it. not, uh, for lack of better words, it's not something that you shelved oh, already. No, 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 okay, no, that's no, what no, I was no, trying no, to say. No, no. Like, that's one of the things. Like, that's no. definitely going to be a thing, but okay. I feel like when I bring it back, I want it to be, to be honest with you, I want it to be in a building that we own. I don't want to. I, I don't wanna, completely I don't understand that. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Mm. It's not sustainable, and I want to have something that can be dependable. Like mm. you know, on the second Friday of every month. Mm. Yeah, you and know. you have all the say in what goes on in in the building. Like right. I just I remember an example, um, and and I'm not specifically talking about music. Obviously, yeah, you can do whatever you want there musically, but also um, speaking of Wajid. And UMA, um, he said, I'm very, I told him that it was like, yo, every time I walk into this building, it's just like a reset. I hit a reset mm-hmm. button, you know, it's just like it attracts the right people. It, you're just here for, 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 yeah, the music, but also like, I know that this is a good space. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm very intentional about that. And if, mm-hmm. you know, to paraphrase, obviously, and not to tell what exactly happened at that moment, but it's like, no, I'm, if people come in with a certain energy, I'll make sure that this is not coming into the space. So yeah. that's something where I completely understand that if you own your space, then you have the say in yeah. what what goes on. Yeah. And just like you said, man, it's literally called Underground Music Academy. That right there lets you know it's educational, and education is usually for the youth. Mm-hmm. So that means this space is created for children. You you have to make the space a certain kind of way for right. children to feel, you know what I mean? Comfortable and right? safe, yeah. I mean, for parents to feel comfortable dropping their kids off of here, right? So, yeah, when you walk up in there, man, 
This definitely is like a reset. You're right. And mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie. Everybody I met in there ended up being good people. I haven't met nobody in there yet that I didn't end up vibing with. Because mm-hmm. it's a certain energy. Like, I mean, you're not even going to be attracted to a place like that if you not have a certain... Exactly. You know, yeah. And even though... Um, I also say that, like, even though Movement Weekend is a busy weekend and mm-hmm. everybody's everywhere, mm-hmm. um, but and they they do the pop up mm-hmm. and they're open and they have classes now and people come. But it's also like you can tell who the people are that come and mm-hmm. and stop by. So it was just like, yeah, shout out to Wajid, by the way. No, real talk. Um, shout out Wajid. <laughs> that's, that's big, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got one more thing that I keep asking everybody. Um, can you name me three tracks that trigger a memory of dance? In whatever type of fashion, whether that's you, whether that's your family, whether that's whoever on the dance floor, when you played it, I just, and uh, not a specific genre, just name me three, uh, random. As soon as you said it, before I let go. Oh, shit, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Didn't you just see, did you not just see the hustle line? As soon as I said <laughs> exactly. that. Da, 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 so before I let go, I always say, no way back. You got it too far go, no way back. And one more dance. I was just about to say, let's do five. But then here we are, stuck on number three. (laughs) Okay, no, because this is a good range. This is a good range. Before I let go. No way back. Mm -hmm. Aaliyah, rock the boat. Oh, shit. Excuse me. Okay. That, That I did not. Expect that coming, but if you have fucking all three dope. of those records in your bag for the rest of your life, you will get a lot of use out of those. And I'm not saying you're gonna play all any of them every set, mm-hmm. but put it like this: remember you said perfect dance floor, perfect yeah. party. Mm-hmm. If all three of those records get played, that was an epic party. That's about it. Cause I have okay, so I now I have expectations for. You know, I don't know. Did you just say, oh, you know how sometimes when there's a record, I not, might not play it for you, yeah. but I might play it for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just giving you a hint. No, yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. no you know these <laughs> are epic classics. If those get, if we go outside right now and one of those songs is playing. Absolutely, People yeah. might just be walking down the street, stop and start dancing, you know. So those are yeah. like the epic. I've seen so many times, like, I've seen that change the temperature so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? That was it on my part. I'm gonna close this. Do okay. you have anything that you want to share that that people haven't asked you whenever they ask you questions Maybe that you were like, you know what? I might just should mention this just to get it out there. Or anything um, else you you have coming up? Maybe next year because obviously this is pre-recorded and people yeah. will hear it. Um, no, I don't have anything really that I would like to promote. Um, I would just like to promote the fact that. You know, uh, like what we were talking about in the car. We need to promote this idea that it's not about the DJ. It's not about the venue, even. It's about that moment. Let's get back to the moments and get the, get the camera out of the DJ's face. Stay out of the DJ's face unless you're going to say, what up, thank you, mm-hmm. drink or something, and just get out of there, you know. And... uh yeah, let's just keep the main thing the main thing. Get out of our egos and remember that what this energy exchange is about, you know. That's the thing I would like to promote, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank you, it. Dion, for for Thank taking you. the time. Thank you. 
ask uh, answering questions multiple times. So yes, thank you, yes. thank you, thank you, <laughs> and um, thank you everybody for listening. And check out Lady Sophia Bobbin's Snipes. Goodbye. <laughs>